Hey, welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Milky's Nipple Nurture Balm is your organic and lanolin-free answer to sore or cracked nipples. And we will hear more from Fairhaven Health later on. But right now, Diane has our review of the week. I do have our review of the week. And this is a, um, actually a new review that came in. And I wanted to use this one because she gives us a great suggestion. Oh, I love suggestions. So, yeah, I love it too. So, um, so I want to use this one as soon as I'm bringing it up here because, of course, my computer is not doing what I want it to do. <laughs> Technology's oh, not dear. on your side. It's, yeah, you know, that's how it goes. But it everybody knows goes. that about me, right? Every, that's no secret. Everybody knows that about technology. Yes, true. <laughs> it doesn't technology. respond to human <laughs> direction. No. But I'm glad that it responded and worked well for the mother that left us this review. So what she says is, this is from Kim H. Chicago. So maybe she lives oh, near you. Oh, hi, know. Chicago. <laughs> so like I said, this is a fairly new review. And it says, I love your show. It is such a great resource. I'm currently struggling with a baby who can't transfer milk well and working with an IBCLC and a speech pathologist. My first child, I ended up exclusively pumping for 14 months, and I feel like it might end up being the case with current nine-week-old as well. I would love if you could cover exclusive pumping. I think it really is a labor of love and an overlooked group of breastfeeding moms. Keep up the great work. I love this suggestion because... She is right. And quite honestly, like, exclusively pumping moms intimidate me because they are seriously badass. Like, that is a hard, hard thing to do. And they are badass. I would, we'll have to totally take her up on this and do an episode on that because I think it is important. Yes. And we did interview Elizabeth from One Outside of Time. Yeah. Who she was, she, I mean, her main thing is um, donation. Uh, but she, uh, that was a really um, awesome episode, 97, that uh, we cover that, some of that in. But yeah, exclusive pumping is um, very, very, so hard. Yes. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I know, I know that I pumped a few times and I was like, screw this. Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I could, I don't know that I could do it. But yeah, I think we're definitely, we're going to put, definitely put that on. And um, have that for you, Miss Kim H. Chicago. So, yes, thank you for the suggestion. Yes, thank and you. And thanks for your kind words. And if you have a suggestion or review or both, we would love to hear it. Please leave us a review in iTunes. Let us know what you would like to hear about or what you liked hearing about. Um, if you are a listener and you've listened to something and you like one of the episodes, we'd love to hear that too. So, um, now though, we are going to do an episode today about a topic from another listener that she suggested for us. Yes, proof that we do listen to your suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> of course we do. Because <laughs> here is here is today's episode. Yeah. Directly so, from a listener. Yeah. So from a listener who gave us a suggestion that she would like to have some more information or have a episode done about cesarean deliveries and breastfeeding. And that is an amazing suggestion that we probably should have done like two years ago, but I did know. not. 
Um, so I'm really glad we're doing it because I think it's a really, it's a really important topic because there is a lot of C-sections out there. There are. There's a lot. And, as, and, a, and a, you know, if, you know, if that alone isn't hard enough to deal with and recover from and breastfeeding alone isn't hard enough to get started on and then you're combining the two. Yeah. I mean, what a challenge. What, a, you know, there's a lot of barriers to get through there. And so I, I mean, I know what happens, obviously, in my neck of the woods with C-sections. Um, I know, you know, approximately, obviously, what happens with C-sections around the country. Um, But I know worldwide, like, things are very, very different. There are some, like, here in um, the United States, C-section rates are probably, what are they, like, 32%, 35%, something like that. They're pretty high. Yeah, they're pretty high. Um, But there are some countries that the C-section rates are almost 100%. Mm. And that is, I mean, I was going to say that's high. Yeah, obviously. That's really high. Or they're like, you know, 90% or whatever. They're, you know, maybe not 100, but 80 to 90% very high. Um, I'm not quite sure what kind of medications they would use in other countries or things like that. But what we can do for you today, what we can talk about is kind of like the process We can talk about how C-sections might impact your breastfeeding. We can give you some tips on how to prepare and things that you can do after your C-section to help bond with your baby and help with breastfeeding. Like that stuff doesn't go, that doesn't change no matter where you are. You know, like that does not change. But um, I wouldn't be able to say, oh, this is the medication they're going to give you and blah, 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 blah. But we could definitely talk about, you know, how important the breastfeeding is after a C-section. And why. So, yeah. So we're going to definitely do this today. So Abby had two vaginal deliveries. Um, I had a vaginal delivery and my twins were a C-section delivery. Now, my C-section delivery was a planned section because they were twins and my daughter was upside down. She was the lower twin and they won't deliver vaginally like that. So I knew that I was going to have a C-section. So... That's very different from being in labor for 24 hours and having a C-section because things don't progress or whatever the reason might be that you end up having a C-section after a laboring. So that's very different. You know, those are very, very different situations. Um, I've worked with moms that have had both. So some reasons that you might have a a planned C-section might be that I know of might be like if the baby's breech, some places will deliver a baby breech or will attempt to deliver a baby breech vaginally. Um, We're not real big on that here in Rochester, New York. Some there's one hospital, there's one or two doctors that might do it, but it's not a typical thing that you see happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's, you know, what that's like in other places in the country, but here, especially if it's your first baby, they usually don't attempt to deliver vaginally if you're breech. Um, if like high blood pressure, um, things like that, that they might say, okay, you know, let's, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and do this. If it's um, an emergency situation, then, you know, baby's heart rate drops, mom's not doing well. Um, you know, those kinds of things might be more emergent. If it's been a long labor and, baby, you know, you're not really progressing, meaning that you've been at six centimeters for 
five or six hours, your water's been broken for 18 hours, they're concerned that there's going to be a problem, they might suggest a C-section at that point. Um, Those kinds of things, like that is not like, oh my gosh, we have to get you in and right away before, you know, something happens to you. Um, The emergency C-sections are not as common. And that is where like, it is a sudden emergency and they put you out before you even know what's going on and you are fully under anesthesia. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen all that often. Um, if you are just going in for a C-section, either it being a planned C-section or a repeat C-section, or you've been in labor and then they're going to do a C-section, um, you're not completely put out. You're awake. You know, you're awake. You know when mm-hmm. your baby's being born and... You know, you just, you don't feel what's going on, obviously, but you are awake. Mm -hmm. So a couple of the things that you can do, if you know that you are going to have a C-section, if this is a planned C-section, maybe you had a C-section in the past and that's what you're doing again this time, talk with your provider for sure. And make sure that you there are certain things that you could get set up if it's what you want to do. They should know that you want to breastfeed. That's first and foremost. But even when you go in for a vaginal, like everybody, if that's what you want, they should know. You know, like so just because you're having a C-section doesn't make that different. Um, some places now, some hospitals now are doing what they call like a gentle C-section. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that you might have to ask about. It's, you know, they might not be automatically doing it. Some places might be automatically doing it. And what a gentle C-section is, is you have the C-section and they put the baby right on your chest as they're finishing the surgery. Yes. And I, um, I, I wish that there wasn't a thing called gentle C-section and that was just what happened. Right. Because why is this not just what's happening? You know, you know, go ahead. The... One of the pushbacks we got here, I don't know what's going on in the rest of the world, but here in our little area, one of the providers that I work with really had to fight for this to happen in our hospitals. And one of the biggest arguments was that the baby would be in the way of the anesthesia, the um, probes or whatever it is that they have Mm -hmm. on the mom's chest. Mm-hmm. That, that could mm-hmm. be an interference. Um, they'd have to have extra staff there so that the baby wouldn't fall because mom wouldn't really be able to hold the baby necessarily because uh-huh. her arms are strapped down and they would have to have an extra staff there. So like stupid things that could be completely worked around. Yeah. But what it really comes down to is just like we're changing a routine exactly. that has been in place for a long time. Right. So typically now, like if, and this is why I'm saying definitely ask your provider about this, if this is something that you can do, because if they know in advance that this is what you want to happen, they can put those things into place for you. They can make sure extra people are there if that's what they need or whatever. They can just make sure that this happens for you. Do not expect it to automatically happen. And and this is kind of like, someday it will I do I do really think that someday it will be like common because the skin to skin after vaginal deliveries was not a typical yeah. practice right. even maybe 15 years ago I want to say right 20 years ago it was not it was not common practice to do that right so hopefully at some point 
you know, it's going to be more. But I and, and you know, there's a, you know, the birth plan. People people make a birth plan and I made a birth plan and I, you know, and mm-hmm. people kind of make fun of that. They're like, oh, birth plans. That's just, you know, your plan for all the things that aren't going to happen. I hate people. You know, because you can't plan, you know, of course you can't plan that things are going to go exactly the way that you plan them to go. We know that. Right. But this is a way for you to think about what you want, to research things, and to talk, most importantly, to talk to your doctor or your midwife or whoever is going to be there and be doing this with you about what you want. This is about Mm -hmm. advocating for yourself. This is about... Um, you know, this is, this is your birth for crying out loud. Like this is yours. Yeah. And this is going to go the way you want it to go and start these conversations early. Cause if you get pushback from some, somebody find a different provider, you know, these people work for you. Find somebody who's going to be working with you to make things the way you want them to go. And again, you Things might go all completely wrong or, you know, or different from what you planned because because we can't plan for the future. We don't know. But when you say, you know, if I have a if you know you're going to have a C-section, um, you know, that you want to, um, you know, have skin to skin with the baby right away. And or if you or if you even put it in your birth plan, if I have a C-section, this is what I want to have happen, you know, just to pre-plan it mm-hmm. and talk to talk to them about what their plans are or what they do at that particular hospital. Because that's another thing. This stuff differs from country to country, but it differs from hospital to hospital, too. Even provider to provider. Right. Within the same hospital. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. You might have one provider that's all about all, you know, moving forward and being like progressive with all the changes and then you might have one that's like no i'm not in uh, no i'm not comfortable with that happening yeah right and And they control it you know they control the scene there so definitely talk to them in advance and right And, and you can't plan for an emergency no i understand that but you can you can ask these questions up front and get an idea of what of what these people do you know of what of what maybe what goes on in that hospital if you if you're in a hospital that's got like a 40% C-section rate, that's different from a hospital that's got a 5% C-section rate. And those those differences exist oh, in yeah. this country. Yeah. You know, they, they exist. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's no way, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to voice what you want to do. You know, like it really isn't. If, if for some reason you cannot do that, if, you know, then Okay. But you were able, being able to voice what you want is really, really important. Yeah. Because and if you, they might be able to do that for you. Right. And if, and if you have a difficult time doing that, there's um, people called doulas who you can hire that are really basically your advocate mm-hmm. um, through the whole process. Uh, who can help you do this? Find, you know, the, the internet is. <laughs> We always talk about the like blessing and the curse that is the internet. Oh but, my God. you know, you can get a lot of ideas and a lot of like inspiration um, from other people who've gone through these things about how to talk to your provider or, um, you know, questions to ask or um, we should do a whole episode on just like the birth plan. Yeah, we should. You know, yeah, that's a and good like idea. just like all like preparing, like how to talk to your provider and what to talk to them about. Yeah. Um, that's a and, good idea. 
so 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 yeah make that plan and you know again don't you know when it's all said and done if nothing on that plan happens don't beat yourself up don't think you did something wrong um but you you went through the process of informing yourself yeah yeah, and finding out, you know, who these people are and what their what their what their practice is like. Yeah, uh, you have a right to know that. So if it is a situation, anyway. yeah, <laughs> if it's a situation where you cannot do skin to skin for whatever reason, um, make your partner can. You know, your if oh, your yes. partner is in the in the operating room with you, and they should be. As long as it's not an emergency. If it's like an emergency, they're putting you under general anesthesia. They don't let partners in. I don't really understand why. I don't know why. I'll have to ask someday. But I really yeah. don't know why. But if it's, you know, your typical C-section, um, partners can be in there. And if for some reason you cannot have the baby right away, skin to skin, whether it's not their policy or whatever's going on, your partner can. You're, and totally. it really is important that your partner does that, that your partner has the baby and your partner is doing skin to skin with the baby. So regardless, even if they say to you, oh, absolutely, we're going to do that skin to skin after the after the C-section, no problem. Still have your partner prepared to do the skin to skin just in case. Just mm-hmm. in case. You don't know how you might react to the anesthesia. Maybe you'll right. feel really weak and you're not comfortable with the baby on you and you're a little afraid. Like, just have him ready just in case. Just have your partner ready just in case. Right. Which means, like, have them ready to be standing there, to being like, I can do it. I can do it. Here I am. Yep. You know, to speak up a little bit. Be ready to take your shirt off. Yeah. Or maybe just like and sit down somewhere. They'll put the part. Your partner is going to have scrubs. So um, maybe make sure that your partner isn't wearing anything under the scrub top, you know, like just yep. something that simple and just tuck the baby up into the scrub top, whatever, whatever you can do to make that happen. Um, C-sections generally are very quick. You know, they're like, usually you're done within a half an hour, you know, they're especially your first time C-section, primary C-sections, they are they're really pretty fast. So you should be in recovery. Like I said, you're not out the extreme situation you're put out, but typically you are not. So you are, you're going to be groggy because anesthesia is going to, you know, they're going to have you medicated. Um, you should be able to try to breastfeed the baby in recovery. And you can ask to be able to do that. If you aren't feeling strong enough or if you kind of feel a little bit groggy still, you're going to be in the hospital bed because they're going to be wheeling it. Um, Have a nurse help you. They can hold the baby there for you. Your partner can help hold the baby there for you. You can, you know, and help you get the baby on. Even if you are feeling a little bit like, oh, geez, I don't know if I could do this by myself right now because I just feel kind of weak. Have somebody hold the baby for you and help you with that. And help you get that baby positioned. You know, it probably won't be ideal, but it's going to be better than not having that with, at all. If for some reason the C-section is happening and the baby is taken from you, like maybe they're, you know, breathing isn't very good or they're breathing very heavy or they're breathing very quickly and they need to be checked out or, you know, there was an emergency and that's why you had to have the baby by C-section. Then if you aren't able to feed the baby right away, then definitely ask for a pump. 
because we want we want that stimulation starting. You know, we want to get your body stimulated and get your your body to know like we got to get this milk in. You know, we got to start getting ready to to make this milk. So starting to pump if you do not have the baby is really important. And you might be tired and you might be like, "Ugh, I don't want to do anything." But that is really important to get that pumping started. And that's another thing that you can put on your on your on, you know, to talk about ahead of time. Yes, absolutely. Make sure that that's, you know, something that you can prepare to do. And we can talk about the rest after a word from our sponsor. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by Fair Haven Health. If you are struggling with sore nipples, you need pain relief fast. And when sore nipples turn to crack nipples, forget about it. It's enough to want to call it quits. Damaged nipples can cause real problems with successfully breastfeeding your baby. Check with a lactation consultant that your baby is getting a good latch and get some Milky's Nipple Nurture Balm. Nipple Nurture Balm is formulated to soothe, protect, and heal sore or cracked nipples. This nipple balm is made with organic herbal ingredients and combined with natural moisturizers to help provide relief and to heal affected areas and even prevent cracks from reappearing. Nurture Nipple Balm alleviates the discomfort so the joy can be restored to your special bonding time. It is safe for both parent and baby, and there is no need to wipe it off before breastfeeding. Head to fairhavenhealth.com, that's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com, and use promo code BADASS for 10% off your order. And all of the links for our sponsors, the promo codes that go with them, can be found at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, as well as all of our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, over 100 at this point, and information about scheduling your lactation consultation with Diane. And C-section deliveries will make you a little bit more groggy, and that will also make baby a little bit more groggy. So your baby might be a little bit sleepier than they would be if it was just a typical run-of-the-mill vaginal birth. That is okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of expected. We know that that's going to happen, but you might not realize that that's going to happen. So you might have to wake your baby up a little bit more or try a little bit harder to wake your baby up for feeds. Don't just expect that they're going to wake up on their own because that might not happen. Um, every two, try to feed your baby like every two hours, three hours at the most in the hospital, you know, kind of try to get on that routine of every couple of hours breastfeeding. They will give you pain medication and that's okay. You can take that with breastfeeding. Don't worry about that. Um, if you choose not to take pain medication, you can do like ibuprofen or something like that too to make sure that you're feeling okay the hospital is going to be difficult with like positioning the baby Mm -hmm. Um, I mean because just positioning the baby is hard in the hospital anyway because I mean the hospital beds are terrible and yeah you know like it's just uncomfortable and now you've got an incision so try to remember that what is happening in the hospital is not typically what it's going to be like when you go home. You're going to be in a more comfortable environment at home and it is going to be easier for you. You know, every day that goes by gets a little bit easier. I think sometimes society just kind of like downplays C-sections and just kind of like, 
oh, yeah, you know, you had a C-section. I mean, it's major surgery. It's major abdominal surgery. Totally. And you shouldn't think that now that you have a baby, you have to, like, be running around and doing all this stuff because your body needs to heal. You know, you still need that healing time. So lots of doing nothing. With your baby, just be with your baby. Skin to skin with your baby. Keep your baby with you. And lots of just downtime, you know. Try to limit the visitors if you can, unless people are doing something for you. Um, you should really have, you really should have help. You know, I mean, it's, it is, you do need to recover. Sometimes with C-section deliveries, moms find that their milk comes in a little bit slower. It's a, it's trauma to your body. There's typically more blood loss. You know, those things can contribute to, to uh, milk coming in a little bit later you know, a little bit delayed. And I'm but not, it will come in. Right. And I'm not talking about like a week later. It's right, like, right. you know, maybe four days as opposed to two and a half or three or five days as opposed to three days, you know, something like that. Keep feeding the baby very frequently. Those frequent feeds is what's going to help bring your milk in faster. Yeah. And that's that delicate time where people, you know, people start getting panicky. You know, not I'm not talking about the parent. I'm talking about like hospital. the people around them, the hot, you know, the hospital, the 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 doctors the you know, the, they're like, oh, you know, oh, you're not making enough milk. Oh, we better get this formula in here. You know, we got to, you know, oh, you're not you're not working. This isn't working out. You know, this is where all this stuff starts to come to a head. And, you know, if you just let, you know, everyone <laughs> needs to take a deep breath and realize that there's been trauma and that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We just have to let the baby keep feeding. Yes. Just let the baby keep feeding and try not to get overwhelmed with it. That's where all the help comes in. Because if you are trying to do all the things and you're trying to, you know, you're having company and there's especially like in the hospital and there's people that come up and see when I, I remember when I worked in the hospital, sometimes you couldn't even get into some of those rooms. There are so many people there. Mm-hmm. I mean, cut it down. And I know people want to come and see you and they want to see the baby and all that stuff. But this is really precious time for you to be breastfeeding on demand, breastfeeding very regularly and skin to skin constantly with your baby. And when there's people coming in and out of your room, visitors that and other people are holding the baby and like that's just not the ideal time. You know, you're going to need rest you're going to need recovery time. Like there's just a lot happening here. So try to kind of limit some of that stuff. I know it can be hard, but definitely try to limit some of that stuff and just keep your baby with you. Lots of skin to skin and just keep feeding as frequently as you can. And it, it calms down, you know, and then once you go home, if people want to come over, put them to work, man, have them doing something for you. That's the thing. Yep. Yeah. Have a lactation consultant come to your house if possible um, to make sure that you are positioning the baby well, to make sure that the baby is transferring milk well, that your milk is coming in well, that you don't have any concerns because your positioning in the hospital might be a little bit different now. You know, now you're home, you can do some different positions, you might be feeling a little bit stronger, you're in your own environment, it's going to be a little bit different. So having somebody else come in, help you with that and make sure positioning is good could be really important. 
And all of those problems dealt with by a lactation consultant early on can avoid so many future problems that can arise. Oh, my God. Yes. You know, you can just avoid having to be all the way up Shit's Creek <laughs> and or down or up or we, yeah, wherever um, you are. With, whatever, whichever yeah. way is worse. You know, you can avoid all of that if you just get someone in there. Even that's another thing that you can do while you're preparing for all of this is find a lactation consultant before the baby's even here. Yeah. And Diane can attest to this is that you can help people or a lactation consultant can help somebody um, file that claim with their insurance. Right. Mm hmm. So that's an expense that is very valuable oh, that yeah. can be covered by insurance um, just like all the other, you know, medical stuff that you're, you know, that you're getting right now. This is one of the most important ones. It is. Yeah, it's huge. So you can talk to a lactation consultant in advance. You can, you know, just to kind of like get your head wrapped around what would I need to do if it was a C-section situation? What do I need to do? You know, like that kind of thing just to get a little bit of feedback on tips and things like that that you can try. Um, Kelly Mom, of course always has really great information and they have some great stuff about breastfeeding after a C-section, La Leche League, all the, you know, there are definitely, there's blogs and stuff out there, but they don't give as great. Mm -hmm. Some of them really, I looked at a lot of them and just to see like what kind of the information was. And some of them are just like, Oh my God. But, yeah. um, but you want, you know, just because you're having a C-section does not mean that you cannot successfully breastfeed your baby. Not at all. No, you can do it. You can do it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of, you know, that's kind of the bottom line, you know, speak up for yourself. Definitely get the education and talk to your providers. Even if a C-section is the last thing from your mind and you are actively planning, you, you know that your baby's not breached, you know that there shouldn't be a reason that you would need a C-section, still talk to your provider just so you know just so you're aware of what the policies are at the hospital you're delivering at. Yeah, you want to know all those ifs. Mm -hmm. What ifs? What if? What if this happens? So, um, you know, and it, it might not hurt to find out what the C-section rate is at the hospital you're delivering at. Oh, that yeah. That's a good I highly, point. highly suggest yeah. that. That's a very good point. So, so yeah. So that's all my, my spiel on that. Thanks, Diane. That was awesome. You are very welcome. <laughs> hopefully it's and, helpful yes hopefully that helped everybody else and thank you all so much for listening and thank we'll see you, you next week see ya bye bye